0: Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom Haverim, that's Hebrew for hello, friends, and Shabbat Shalom, that's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. Today I'm going to share the testimony of Helen Wilson. I really like her maiden name, it's Weiner, and that is also my maiden name, but I assure you we're not related. At least I don't think we are. Enjoy the music. And stay tuned for more. I'll be right back. Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of congregation Shema Yisrael. We are a messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at our new location at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton. And our services are Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock a.m. Please join us for worship. And while you're in the building, be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open on Mondays from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Wednesdays from 3 o'clock p.m. to 8.30 p.m., Thursdays from 3 p.m. to 5.30 p.m., and after Shabbat services on Saturday for about 30 minutes. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585-484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more, so be sure to check them out when you visit the Congregational Building. And now, when you make a purchase at the Fig Tree Bookstore, you can fill out a raffle ticket. Those names will be drawn for a prize from Bagels and Blessings. So, those of you in the Rochester, New York area, be sure to visit Shemaiah's Royale and the Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from Bagels and Blessings. Shalom.
1: Shalom. 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 Sha-lu-sh-el-om, 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 shabbat, shalom, shabbat, shalom, shabbat, shabbat, shalom, shabbat, shalom, shabbat, shalom, 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 Yerushalayim. Shabat shalom, shabat shalom, shabat 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 shalom, shabat shalom, shabat shalom. Shabbat, 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 shabbat,
0: shalom. Here's the newest song from Ted Pierce Praise You.
2: Praise is awaiting you
0: in Zion, O
2: oh God. And to you our vows will all be fulfilled. O oh, you who hears our prayer. It is to you that all shall come. Praise you. Praise you. All the earth will shout and the rocks cry out as we praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, everyone gonna praise you. You crown the seasons with your goodness. Pastures are... Beijo And I just want to say congratulations to my dear friend Ethel Chadwick on 25 years of faithful radio with Bagels and Blessings. You've been a blessing to all of us out here in this community, and and I'm sure that you're gonna you're not even slowing down. So, uh, here's to another 25 years to Bagels and Blessings. Thank you again, Ethel.
0: If you have had or have been involved in an abortion decision, you may be experiencing emotional difficulties. You may feel like your life is out of control or struggle with self-destructive behaviors. You can find freedom from these challenges. The ministry Finding Freedom and Forgiveness Post-Abortion can help. Groups are forming now. Please contact us at 585-204-7869 email us at fffpaclass at gmail.com or visit us on the internet at f3pa.org. God bless you. Again, that number is 585-204-7869. Please call. We'd love to help. This is Ethel Chadwick. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Hey, you're invited to attend the High Holiday Services at Shemayas Royale. Our Erev Rosh Hashanah service will be Sunday night, September 25th at 7 p.m. The Rosh Hashanah service will be Monday, the 26th of September at 10 a.m. Then we have our Kol Nidre service on Tuesday night, October 4th at 7 p.m. Our Yom Kippur service will be on Wednesday, October 5th at 10 a.m. No tickets are required. And just so you know, the Fig Tree bookstore will not be open during those holidays. We would love to have you come and worship with us. Right now, here is a song from Sue Samuel called Rise Up. I'd like to thank Excellent Air, Heating, and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family-owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent Air, Heating, and Cooling, 585 585- Eight eight nine seven eight four zero. So Becca Shea has recorded a lot of covers Songs that were originally secular And she put a spiritual twist on them Her latest is Fly Away I love it
3: I had a dream that someday I would just fly, fly away I always knew I couldn't stay. So I had a dream that I just fell away. I've been on my own for a minute. Is it only me out here? Searching for the place to begin it. Is it me? Is it you? Is it fear? Standing on the line I was given both there and ask me why i'm here no one seems to think that i fit in but i don't want to be like them no cause i don't want to be like them cause i know that i know that i i had a dream that someday i would just fly fly away and i was new for a reason
1: This is Becca Shea and you're listening to Bagels and Blessings.
2: Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person, Saturday morning Mornings at 10 a.m. at our new location, 250 Edgewood Avenue
0: in Brighton. So let's talk a little bit about Rosh Hashanah. The literal meaning of the name Rosh Hashanah means "head of the year," and we know it as the Jewish New Year. And it always occurs on the Jewish calendar date of Tishrei one and two. And Rosh Hashanah is one of four New Year holidays designated in the Jewish calendar as the Jewish New Year. The first of the two High Holy Days listed in Leviticus and of course Yom Kippur being the second, Rosh Hashanah is at once a joyous celebration and a time of solemn reflection. Originally a memorial of blowing of trumpets, Rosh Hashanah has by rabbinical tradition, become a day of judgment. The holiday and the ten days of awe that fall between it and Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, provides us with an opportunity to make amends for past wrongs in preparation for the new year. Now let's talk about the origin of Rosh Hashanah. In Leviticus 23, 23 to 25, the Lord establishes the Day of Trumpets, or the Feast of Trumpets, And I quote from that passage. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a day of solemn rest, a memorial proclaimed with a blast of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work, and you shall present a food offering to the Lord. This holy convocation formed the basis for what we now know as Rosh Hashanah. The sound of the trumpets reminded our people of the Lord's faithfulness thus far, rang in the year to come, and also hinted at the future coming of the Messiah. And there's a lot more to it, but many Jews will go to synagogue during Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur, and sometimes we might call them holiday Jews, just like there are holiday Christians that maybe only go to church on Christmas and Easter, but you'll see a lot of Jewish people come to the synagogue because of tradition. So there's just a little bit about Rosh Hashanah, and if you have a Jewish friend or neighbor, you'll want to greet them with a traditional greeting that we say this time of year, L'Shanah Tovah. May you be inscribed for a good year. And why do we say that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Jewish people believe that at this time of year, God looks at the Book of Life and He decides who will live and who will die. And everybody wants to be in the Book of Life. And so when we greet people, we're saying, may you be inscribed in the Book of Life for another year. And to repeat what I said earlier, At Congregation Shemayas Yisrael, we are having services for Rosh Hashanah on Sunday night, September 25th at 7 p.m. And on Monday morning, September 26th at 10 a.m. And there are no tickets needed, so y'all come. This is Ethel Chadwick, and you're listening to Bagels and Blessings. Stay tuned for my interview with Helen Wilson. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful violin solo. That was the Hatikvah, the hope, the national anthem of Israel. And that was played beautifully by Maurice Skalar. I have to make sure that you understand, as believers in Yeshua, we know that we have eternal life in Yeshua. We know as believers that we are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. Here's one of my favorite songs this time of year from Steve McConnell, Yom Turua.
2: Isaac bound by Abraham. It seemed this sacrifice would be. But God looked on the faith of Abraham. A ram's horn caught meant Isaac would be free. Sound the shofar from the highest hill. Wake up, people, no more standing still. See the harvest nurtured by scarred hands. Soon our God and King will the harvest from the Sieg an den, wir kamen Lasman Hase, kamen neu, wir gehen nun, lass man hasen, wir gehen nun, wir kamen our God who has carried us to this day. Wir gehen nun, Lasman Hase. No shadow of turning in you, you are faithful to every generation, we can trust in you. Shehekeyanu, makiyamanu, rahigiyanu, lasmanhase. Shehekeyanu, makiyamanu, rahigiyanu, lasmanhase. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has carried us to this day. So where are the Hittites, parasites, Genocides, Philistines, and Canaanites too? Where are the Greeks, the Romans, and the Nazis? We have. Until today your right hand brought us through When we see the darkness right Your light comes bursting through
0: That was a great song from Ted Pierce and yes we thank you Lord for keeping us alive, sustaining us and bringing us to this season. All right here's my interview with Helen Wilson. Enjoy darling, enjoy. Helen Wilson or should I say Helen Weiner Wilson. Welcome to Bagels and Blessings. (laughs) Thank you. It's really nice to have you here and I was especially drawn to the fact that your maiden name was Weiner because of course that is my maiden name and I'm thinking, you know, two Weiner women, what could what could happen, you know, it could, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Helen, inquiring minds are going to want to know a little bit about how you grew up. Did you grow up in a typical Jewish household?
4: Um, in, not really typical, my family was extremely secular. Um, I knew I was, always knew I was Jewish by birth. I knew mostly through my grandmother had, you know, did a few traditional Jewish things. Uh, But other than that, my uh, parents were not at all um, religious. In fact, I was raised in a, uh, in something called the ethical culture movement which is basically, interestingly enough, is something that was founded by the son of a rabbi who had, at some point, as he grew up in this uh, Jewish home with the rabbi father, decided he didn't like all the... He he loved the ethical teachings of Judaism, but didn't like all the uh, God stuff. So he sort of detached the ethics... From you know, from its roots in you know commands of God, and and founded a religion that was totally based on ethics, and that's what I was raised in.
0: I never heard of that, Helen. (laughs) Wow, a
4: lot of people haven't.
0: (laughs) So you grew up with no real knowledge of God or talk about God at all
4: really no, nothing about the most i knew is you know we would uh because of my grandmother we would stay home from school on jewish holidays and get all dressed up and not go anywhere (laughs) it was just sort of like well it's expected of of us because we're jewish but you know it was like we never set foot in a synagogue so (laughs) Uh, that was about the extent of my uh, Jewish, uh, you know, we had certain Jewish cultural things that at the time I was totally unaware that they were considered as Jewish, such as, you know, having bagels and, and things like that. Um, I had no idea of the, you know, Jewish cultural roots of those things, but they were, you know, certainly part of our family
0: life. That's really interesting. Well, then, I I really am curious, how did you find out that Jesus was the Jewish Messiah?
4: Well, it really started out in college. I went to, uh, when I went to college, and I always had, I always had issues fitting in socially. So I went to college with great trepidation about whether I was going to make any friends or not. And I remember one early in, the, in my freshman year, first semester, just sort of roaming around kind of aimlessly on the campus, trying to figure out what to do with myself <laughs> socially. And I saw a girl who was sitting on the steps of the student union building playing a guitar. And I kind of went over and, you know, said hello, because she looked like the kind of person, hippie-ish kind of person that I'd like to be friends with, and she turned out to be a believer, and she shared with me, and one of the things she said is, I mean, she recognized from my last name that I was uh, of Jewish heritage, and she said, you know, as as a Jew, uh, if you don't accept Yeshua, well, she didn't say Yeshua, she said Jesus, but uh You don't accept the the messiah uh you you know you will be uh, in the atonement through the Messiah you will be judged under the law, and of course, I had no idea what any of that meant, but it kind of scared me and got me thinking Is like well, I gotta find out about this I mean I was essentially an a- agnostic. Um, but there was always, you know, I basically didn't believe in God, but I always thought, well, there's a possibility there could be a God. And this was the first thing that started me thinking that, well, it might be kind of important to find out if there is.
0: Goodness. Did you talk to anybody about it?
4: Well, at that time, that was, she was really the only person, um, uh, well, she, and she introduced me to her circle of friends who were all kind of, uh, you know, kind of kind of hippies, you know, believers but hippies, you know, still, uh, you know, very much into the hippie kind of stuff, like, you know, smoking marijuana and stuff like that, uh, which at that time I didn't think anything really, wrong with doing that as a believer Um, but it was like my first introduction it was mainly the love of the love that she had and some of her friends had you know that and the acceptance that made me feel you know drawn in and then over the years I in college over the next couple of years I met other believers also in college and there was a you know I had sort of an idea before that of you know what kind of people believed in God and you know I thought well you know not anybody who's anyone who's really like scientifically minded and wouldn't Believe this, and then I meet a physics major who's a believer, and I said, "Yeah, but he was he was raised that way. He never really gave it any thought. He just accepted it because it's what he ra- was raised with." And then a the guy I knew who was uh, had been raised uh, Catholic and had, had was an atheist when I met him so suddenly, uh, who was also in the sciences, said. Suddenly became a believer, and it's like, what is going on here? It's like all my preconceived notions were just sort of falling
0: apart. Hmm. <laughs> and at this time, did you have any idea that there were a whole lot of Jewish people who believed in Jesus?
4: No, I really didn't. I didn't know. I, I didn't know any Jewish people who believed in Jew, Jesus. But for me, at at that stage in my life, because of my upbringing, where I hear a lot of Jewish believers saying, you know, that they went through this whole question, well, if I if I become a believer, can I still be Jewish, or, you know, that kind of thing. For me, the big issue was not whether I could be a believer and still be Jewish, because at at the time... My Jewishness was not all that important to me. That that happened after I became a believer when I understood the, the, the significance of being Jewish. Uh, but at that time, my big issue was: can I become a believer without committing intellectual suicide? <laughs> and um, and through the pe- various people that I met over those next. My first two years of college showed me that yeah these were very intelligent people and thinking people who who did believe in messiah
0: so at what point did you make the decision that this was the truth that Jesus was the Messiah
4: Well basically God made the decision for me oh <laughs> so what happened is I mentioned the first my first two years of college. Um, that summer, the, the summer after my sophomore year, and all this time, I was sort of considering, thinking, you know, uh, people were also presenting me with a whole lot of scientific evidence and that kind of thing, and my viewpoint was, well, I've got to look into this. I need to study this. I need to research this. So, I went home in the summer between my sophomore and junior year, and uh, shortly after I had come home from the summer, I ran into someone who told me, uh, someone I knew, an acquaintance who told me that a mutual friend of ours had become a believer. And this is someone who I was very close with. She was also Jewish by birth, but also not very uh, strong in Jewish identity. Um, but she was someone I was close friends with, so I you know, called her and was going to get together, but I didn't tell her that I'd heard that she was a believer. You know, to me, it was like, okay, I heard a rumor. We'll see if it's true. She'll she'll get around to telling me. So we got together, and sure enough, she did get, she obviously got around to telling me. And she, you know, gave me her testimony, you know, all that. She had gone to college 20 miles away from where I went to college, but we didn't see each other during the school year because neither of us had cars. In any case, she gave her testimony. I went home that night, and um, I decided, you know, a lot of people had been saying, you know, quoting the scripture, now is the accepted time, now is the day of salvation, and sort of pointing out, like, you don't know whether you have another day, you know, whether you're going to have another day, you don't know what's going to happen. So I decided, even though I did not really know if there was even a God or not, let alone if, if Yeshua was Messiah, I decided, okay, I'm going to pray, and I started praying basically, Lord, if you exist, (laughs) and if Jesus, I said at the time that I didn't know the name Yeshua, if Jesus is real and is real as the Messiah, I ask you to please give me time, give me enough time to find out the truth. Don't let anything happen to me. And the thing is, I had the idea, you know, I had to do all this research to find out and that could take years but the thing is the lord knew me better than i knew myself because he knew that if it was going to depend upon me doing all this research it wasn't going to happen because i'm not a very disciplined person i'm not i don't have really good study habits yeah uh, you know, so he just as I was kind of in the middle of that prayer, without planning it on it happening, all of a sudden I was asking Yeshua into my life. Wow. And that was it. <laughs> from there, the Lord took it
0: from there. <laughs> wow. Well, did you tell any of your Jewish family members?
4: Not right away. That was a while. Uh, the next person I told was actually the friend who had shared with me right before I accepted and at that point I went like it was about two weeks later I went you know got together with her again and I said something to the fact you know a couple weeks ago uh, you know after we got got together I kind of sort of I think asked Jesus into my life but I and I sort of felt like he was there but now I don't feel that anymore, you know, and and then she went, explained to me that, yeah, once you do it, it's done, like, it's not based on feelings, and my first, you know, like, and my first thought was, I mean, I almost panicked, it's like, you mean it's (laughs) irrevocable? it's it's unreversible, I'm stuck with this? Um, it it was sort of scary to me when she said that but then I realized well wait a minute if it's it's not true then it's not really irreversible but if it is true then it's a good thing that's irreversible and you know at that point I sort of made a more a firmer commitment and uh, sometime later I did start telling family members that I was a
0: believer oh do tell their reaction
4: well to tell you the truth um my it wasn't terrible i mean it was it
0: could have been voice (laughs) i mean
4: because it's a sort of my mother just sort of well the way i told my mother and she was the first one i told of, I don't know how the subject came up but I started to say well t- talk about you know some of my friends believe this this and that you know some of my friends you know I talked about you know my friend Mindy she my mother knew Mindy said you know Mindy says and and, she, and then my mother would ask a question and with what well I think Mindy would say you know I kind of answer it like, and then my my would I think my mother eventually kind of figured out. She said, well, do you believe this? And, and I said, well, uh, yes. <laughs> and she just sort of said, oh. You know, it's like she was shocked. But, you know, having been brought up with this idea of you have to be open-minded and we accept all religions and the whole thing, you know, she was not, it was not a like a very... Upset, react- I mean, I think she was probably not not happy about it, but she didn't, you know, she didn't say that. My, I mean, there were later discussions, and my father was a lot more negative than she was, but that's because he was just such a, um, uh, he was so much more adamant about being a, an atheist.
0: I see. <laughs> my
4: mother was more you know, accepting of, you know, people, some people believe in God, that's okay. Sure. So there wasn't really a strong reaction like what you'd expect from, you know, you know, from the Jewish perspective. Uh, There was also from the political perspective, because after becoming a believer, I did become a little bit more, conservative politically on some issues and I think my parents were more upset by that than by my religious beliefs.
0: Wow. Helen, I was wondering if you can remember the first time looking into a new covenant and how you felt about reading the scriptures? Um,
4: was that I was You know what? I don't remember a whole lot of what my reactions were. I mean, I already knew that Yeshua was Jewish because I'd studied comparative religion and I knew about the Jewish root. I think it was the. I think I was bothered by Yeshua, you know, by Yeshua claiming to be God. Uh, That some of those things and I think that the thing that brought that I think the thing that troubled me most about the believers viewpoint is the idea of Yeshua being the only way to salvation that really I think bothered me more than anything I think before that before becoming a believer my Viewpoint was always that you know, well, if if there's a God in the first place, that there would be many ways to God. That God wouldn't be wouldn't really care whether you believe in Him or not. He doesn't need people to believe in Him. He cares about how we behave toward one another. And the idea, the concept that we are all sinners, and that. Yeshua's atonement is the only way that we can have salvation. That, I think, was the, the thing that bothered me most.
0: But the good news is you, you did come to know him, and you accepted yes, him, did. and you believed. So I guess what I'd like to know now is, after becoming a believer in Yeshua, how did your life change?
4: Well, it was actually slow, and I think. I, and this is something I've heard a lot of for a lot of believers is almost a two-step process. Uh, at least it was from, for Jewish for Jewish people coming to the Lord, because the first step was coming to believe that he's that he is who he says he is. But for me, it took another few years before I really gave everything over to him. Um, I believe I was saved at that time when I asked him into my life. But I had no real concept what it meant to really, to make him Lord of my life. And that took another two years. And actually that happened when I became involved with Messianic Judaism. uh, Which happened through After I graduated college, um, and I was uh, living at the time in Columbus, Ohio, I met another Jewish believer who was part of a Messianic Jewish congregation. And once I, I think a lot of it was was happening before, was I didn't really, because after I became a believer, I started to understand that my Jewish identity and heritage meant something. And I was kind of looking for a way to, be, to express my Jewishness, and I didn't know how. So when I met a Jewish believer and became involved in a Messianic Jewish congregation, it was all of a sudden, I had been to churches, I had never really committed to any of them. I was sort of like church hopping and trying to find a spiritual home. And the first time I walked into a Messianic congregation, it was like, yes, this is home. Even though I'd never had a Jewish upbringing, I knew that this was home, that I was meant to be in a place where I could live as a Jewish believer. Mm. I don't know if I answered your question. I don't
0: remember what your question was. But that that was good. I liked that. I liked it. You know, <laughs> believe it or not, we're almost out of time, but I would like to ask you, how would you like the listeners to be praying for you or your family
4: Okay, praying. Okay, well for um well for my husband's health. My husband Kurt has uh, you know, chronic health issues and I'd love to see healing for him. Uh for myself, um I retired a few years ago and I'm I could use Prayer for wisdom and discipline to use my time according to the way God would have me use it to bring glory to His name. Uh, I've thought a lot lately about my legacy, and you know, I'm—I just recently, a few months ago, turned seventy.
0: Mazel tov! Still
4: very young and healthy, seventy, and act, very active, and I figure I'm going to be around, I I still hope to be around for a long time, but I also know realistically that we have, our time on earth is limited, and um, while I will know that I will be eternally with Yeshua in heaven, I want to make sure that I leave behind a legacy that is meaningful to those left behind and I think, like, you know, in terms of possibly doing some writing uh, I've also, as you know I've choreographed a number of Messianic Jewish dances I'd love to get some of the congregational dances, I'd love to get good quality video posted online of some of the dances that I'd be leaving behind, and just, to, so I just need prayer for wisdom as to how to use my time and to achieve, accomplish, uh, to finish my race here on earth. As, as uh, as the Shaul, uh, uh, has, uh, Rabbi Shaul had said, you know, to, you know, to run, run the race, fight the good fight, finish, you know, finish the race. I just, I guess need prayer, how to best finish that course and accomplish the work that Yeshua has for me here on
0: earth. Amen, amen. In the next uh,
4: 25 years or so. (laughs) Yeah,
0: sounds good to me. Well, I want to thank you for being my guest on Bagels and Blessings. I pray for good health for your husband and and wisdom and good health for you and that you can finish that race. and, and,
4: And also for my, I have two, we have two sons. Uh, One of whom is a believer walking with the Lord, but needs direction for a career, and the other who's uh, not walking with the Lord, and that's my son Yoni. So you can pray for my son Yoni to come to know Yeshua. Yes. And for my son Yosi, who who does know Yeshua, to, you know, find some direction for a career.
0: Yes, may it be so in Yeshua's name. Well, again, thank wow, you man. thank you for being my guest on Bagels and Blessings. And I hope that we can do this again sometime.
4: Well, thank you.
0: So I'll say Shalom for now. Okay. Shalom. That was my interview with Helen Wilson. And I want to say, L'Shanah Tovah. I pray that you have a sweet year. Have some apples and honey. You know, that's one of the most popular Rosh Hashanah customs to have apples dipped with honey. Do you know that ancient Jews believed that apples had healing properties and that honey signifies the hope that the new year will be sweet? So I'll tell you what I think is sweet, that you guys are listening to Bagels and Blessings and supporting me and praying for me. I don't know what I would do without your prayers. So here's to another year of loving the Lord of praising the Lord together. And I pray that he blesses you real big. So have some apples and honey. And I hope for those of you that are local, I hope to see you at Congregation Shemayas Royale either on Sunday night, the 25th, or Monday at 10 a.m. So it's Sunday night the 25th at 7 p.m. or Monday the 26th at 10 a.m. And that's it for now until next time. I wish you God's blessings. Shalom alechem. Peace be with you. And now my friends, it's time for another bagels and blessings tradition. <laughs> the ironic benediction with my dear friend who is now dancing on the streets of gold with Yeshua Philip
2: Stanley Klein <laughs> You saw the night
0: Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom Alechem, Peace be with you. Remember, every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom.